All right, what is up? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, as we get started, we want you guys to know two very important things that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. For all the links for all the things, you can check us out, buddywalkwithjesus.com. Also, check out the episode description. It always has all the links for the Facebook page, the Facebook group. If you want to support the Patreon, um, different things like that, you can find it all there. And last but not least, um, if you are in need of prayer, do not hesitate to reach out. Prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com. So this week's episode marks a first for Buddy Walk. For those of you that don't know, Buddy Walk is... For those of you that don't know, Buddy Walk was born out of Ecclesiastes 4.12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. With the idea being that this is a cooperative race, I guess is a good way of putting it. So, originally it was Edgar and I, and now since Edgar stepped away, we've, we've seen a series of guest hosts, but... This week marks the first time that it is a solo conversation. It will be you and I taking this ride for the next little bit here. And, you know, there's been kind of a perfect storm of things going on that really um, I, I I feel the need to talk to you guys about, you know. And this is very much going to be um, almost a a recap of the Lenten season for me so far. You know, we went through Lent. I mentioned on that episode that I was going through a devotional by A.W. Tozer, and I'm also going through um, life. (laughs) I'm experiencing life as it's coming, and um, I've mentioned this before, but we're rounding out on four years of me being a Christian. Now, I spent a lot of time before that in church settings, all of that kind of stuff. And and I I heard the gospel message hundreds of times, if not thousands of times. You know, I, I knew all of the things, but there was no heart matter to it. There was no heart connection piece to it. And so, so four years ago, I had my actual come to Jesus moment all of that kind of stuff. And so this this season for me is one that is very important. It's one that is very uh, deeply meaningful for me, especially when you consider the hope that we have in the sacrifice that was made. You know, that is a heavy point for a lot of people, but because of the nature of my posture as I actually met Jesus for the first time, my experiences, all of that kind of stuff. That is one of those areas for me that um, really resonates and really sings. It's part of why I I really don't have a problem talking about the topic of total depravity and things like that. And don't worry, guys, (laughs) we're not going to we're not going to be camping on total depravity today. Um but there's there's a couple of different things that I want to uh, bring up that eventually 
are all going to kind of coalesce into the same topic. So right now we have a lot of things going on in the world. Um, we still have the, I'll call them the aftershocks. You know, it's not right on the tip of everybody's tongue, but we still have the ramifications that need to be dealt with of all of the division since 2020. You know, people blowing up families and people not wanting to be associated with other people anymore because of this mandate or this position or what have you. Um, full transparency, my wife and I experienced a bit of that from those around us because we took it very seriously because of my wife's uh, health. And so that's something that is still being dealt with. Now, in a more immediate sense, we are dealing with um, turbulent times in certain regards. Not that long ago, we saw Russia invade Ukraine. We've seen gas prices in America skyrocket. We've seen grocery prices in America skyrocket. And... There's a lot of different takes. You know what I mean? There's a lot of different opinions, be them political stances based off of what's going on here in America or prophetic stances, if you will, based off of things happening in other parts of the world. And, you know, I'm not going to go too far down the rabbit hole of prophecy, um, short of just reminding that we know next to nothing about what that actually is going to look like and what that actually means but whatever the flavor is you know i don't think it's too harsh to say that humans have a tendency to fall for the trap of stagnant religion i think is how i want to say that you know and I, this is mirror talk, folks. This really is. Because in, in yesteryear, this would have been me railing against some group. I would have found my enemy. I found my enemy during the the whole debacle of 2020. You know, I'm not free from that. When I say that people found that an enemy to go after, somebody that fit the bill, I'm right there too. I had my ebbs and flows. I had my um, situations where I would look at another group like they are the problem. Okay, so why do I bring all of this up now? I bring all of this up to showcase the fact that we are still reeling from the last couple of years, right? And I think one of the misnomers is that, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. I, there's there's no real big problem. I don't have a problem. I don't struggle with this kind of, like, anger or trying to heal or anything like that. Let somebody step on your toes. Let somebody post something on Facebook that you don't like. Let somebody affront you in some kind of way. And then let's see what happens. And, I, again, mirror talk. This is not – there is no condemnation in any of this i promise you and so now juxtaposing that with modern day issues 
you know, I've heard multiple times now prophetic texts from the Bible that are used to try and paint somebody as the villain. And I think a big reason for that is that for time in memoriam now, we've had some version of a gospel presentation that more hinges on religious contentment than it does truly understanding what it means to die to yourself and to follow Christ and everything that goes along with that. I have to laugh every time that I hear somebody of an older generation. I mentioned I'm reading Tozer. Tozer is great. Tozer pulls no punches. If y'all want a really, really compelling read that will honestly make you um, think in a lot of ways, pick up, it's called From the Grave. It's a 40-day Lent devotional, but the reality is, is that, yes, it's themed towards Lent, but there are principles that will help grow um, a, a depth of appreciation, and it will force you to grow and think. But there, you can definitely tell that he is from a very specific generation because a lot of the language that he uses is all younger Christians. Younger Christians think this way. Younger Christians don't deal with this. Yada, yada, yada. It's kind of along the same lines. It's kind of a religious version of millennials don't have to deal with this and all of that kind of stuff. And... I I think that's only part of the story. I think it took a very long time for us to get to where we're at. And I think if we honestly read the Old Testament, we can see that there are things that we as humans today struggle with that ancient day Israel struggled with because they were human. This propensity to walk away from God. This propensity to turn to complacency over daring to answer God's call to go out into the deep. And that's one of the biggest things that's resonated with me. I I set the table with all of the modern day stuff because in a lot of respects, it is so much easier to turn to what we know, the muscle memory, or using the Bible to try and, you know, make sense of the world and all of that kind of stuff. The Bible is the lens that we should be viewing the world through. But when we take the Bible and we take these verses and we present them in a tapestry kind of way that makes our opinion valid, that's where we've went the wrong direction with all of this. I don't think it's going to come as any major shock to anybody for me to say that we live in a time where dividing lines are way 
more accessible, right? They are, it's way easier to find somebody standing up for what they believe in and believing that they are doing God's will by holding the line on this non-essential issue than it is for you to find somebody who is sacrificially loving somebody that they do not get along with. And that was one of the hardest things that I have noticed about myself in entering into this season of my life. I am having a be careful what you wish for because you just might get it season of my life. Um, God has really highlighted Philippians 4.12 to me. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Before this current season of my life, I, I looked at a verse like that, and I'm like, okay, so that's talking about financial need. That's talking about just solely, specifically, this financial need. I don't need to be a millionaire. I don't need to be the successful entrepreneur and all of those kinds of things. Um... The reality, though, is that this has a layer of application that's at the spirit level. This is being content in God, regardless of if you have a lot or a little. That's the idea. It's not just being content with the material objects that you have. And being content with God is something that has ripple effects on the way that you view the rest of the world and the way that you take all of this in. And one of the biggest things that keeps standing out to me right now is we are in dangerous times because everybody's on some kind of uh, stance or somebody has their ground or what have you, but might I ask the question, do the people that so religiously push the stance actually to its fullest extent in the letter of the law believe that stance? Somebody once told me that even Calvinists aren't Calvinists because they don't fully express the letter of the law of Calvinism. And that's kind of where... I see a lot of these things in the Old Testament. We see that we have the law and the idea behind the law is it convicts because all of us fall short. That's literally the whole thesis statement behind why we need Jesus. If you read all of God's provision to ancient day Israel, it's multiple times of being able to cleanse yourself in the morning, cleanse yourself in the evening. And it's this perpetual need to cleanse yourself because the idea is, is that if a human is going to live their life, then they are going to do a thing that means that they are no longer clean and that they need to um, 
be absolved, I guess is a good way of putting it. Not to use a Catholic phrase, but that's the best thing that comes to my mind. And obviously we see the full fulfillment of the law in Jesus. And so if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. If you want to get legalistic to the end, then you yourself are going to have to fall on the sword of your own legalism. And for me, what that has looked like is it's real easy for people that I jive with, people that speak kingdom language, all of that kind of stuff. It's real easy for me to love that person because we speak the same language. We have the same value points. We see life in similar ways. What happens when you come alongside somebody, especially a brother or sister in Christ, that doesn't think that way, that doesn't think the way that you do? What reward is it for you to like somebody who likes you that you get along with? But what about liking or loving on the person that you don't get along with? And I do need to throw the caveat out that loving on somebody does not have the prerequisite of necessarily liking them. I don't need to go out for coffee all the time with somebody that I don't necessarily like, but I cannot hold back in love and gospel and all of those kinds of things. And that would seem like the connection point right there is love. You know, following Jesus requires something of the follower. Being a disciple of God requires something of us. There is a sacrifice that must be made to live this life out. Not because of works, but because we are born to ourselves we are the the dial is automatically set to self-rule it's part of why it's so hard for some to reconcile the problem of evil because it's this whole idea of oh but the self isn't that bad i'm not that bad all of that kind of stuff but the reality is is that we are all born to ourselves and thusly we need to die to ourselves now That sounds like a quaint little church phrase a lot of the time, but there is a suffering in this world that has to take place, and that's a very uncomfortable topic because it's unfortunately been taught for a minute now that Christians won't have to suffer because of God. Lay your burdens on him. Yes, lay your burdens on him. Absolutely. He is the only reason why we get to have an ounce of hope in anything about this world. But that does not absolve us from having to walk through this life. And that is something that has kind of gotten the wires crossed for a while now. And unfortunately, when you preach these kinds of things, (laughs) you are looked at like um, a heretic by some. And I I don't know, maybe, maybe some of you listening will hear this and think, oh man, Brother Man has gone off the deep end. Finally, it's happened. And um, I've already gone off the, I've been off the deep end. But the reality is that there 
is a beauty in intimacy that is second to none community it it really is but i'm realizing even for myself i hit a certain point and i wanted to go no further i've you guys have heard me talk a lot about how legalistic people are think that they are god's righteous right hand here's the reality though you don't have to be legalistic in the point of view of you have to follow the law, you have to follow the festivals, you have to follow the all of these kinds of things in order to think that you are God's righteous right hand. All you need to get to that point is think that you are the only one that has it right. And I entered into this season with this whole idea of God, strip away what's false and show me what I need to work on and man asking you shall receive god showed me some of what i've been doing and it was a form in the form of a very simple conversation shay if you're listening shout out brother you will never begin to know how impactful this conversation was i was talking to one of the guys that is a part of one of the other shows that we do here on the network and we were getting set up to get everything going and we're talking and um, I had mentioned for the 87th time that I have an issue with people that are dogmatic and he goes whoa wait a minute you're dogmatic and I'm like whoa wait you said what now and that was a big turning point because I was using the word dogmatic to justify some bad mental points. And that was kind of the start of this whole road of trying to get all of this sorted out. And and I say that as if I've gotten it sorted out. Trust me, God is still working with me in all of this because as you guys know i am very opinionated i have my own stances on things they might not look uh hyper politicized they might not look like they are you know super focused on end times or anything like that but i do get up and talk a lot about the necessity for relationship intimacy and grace the problem is is that i in doing so I have hauled back on showing grace to people that approach God in a different way. And I say all of this to say, if you've ever been in therapy, you know that one of the most common things you'll hear is hurt people hurt people. And the reality is that we are a hurt people and by such we are hurting people you know i'm not trying to paint everybody with the same brush but spend 10 minutes on social media spend 10 minutes in public discourse and you will find that we have camped ourselves in these nice little echo chambers to the point where people would rather leave their families, leave people that they know and love 
to go to completely new areas just in the hope of finding somebody who will agree with them. And we've taken that seat of are we in agreement to be the most important thing. Now, for Christians, obviously, we need to be in agreement that God is sovereign and Christ is king. The Trinity and salvation and all of that. Those are the essentials. But there is so much that is outside of that. Even stuff that some would look at me like I had five heads for calling non-essential that just simply is not part of the essential package. It is things that we do not fully and completely grasp. Sure, have an opinion. Opinions aren't the problem here. It's what we do with those opinions and what we do with other people that matters. And so... As we are working these things out, we need to keep in mind this idea that how we live all of this out and how we love on people is more important than being right, than being correct. And I think it's, again, this perfect storm, if you will, of situations like for years, there have been a lot of churches that have taught tradition over scripture. I'm just being honest, guys. And unfortunately, it takes one instilled bad habit over a long period of time to develop bad theology. Recently, a bad theology point that if you go back through the life of Buddy Walk, you will find that there is a verse that I used to quote a lot, that I used to use a lot, that you are not going to hear me quote and use nearly at the same frequency because the reality was is that I was using it wrong. Now, did it challenge my idea of the sovereignty of God? Did it challenge who Jesus was, the life, death, and burial and resurrection of Jesus? No. No, it wasn't that egregious. But it certainly did have ramifications on what I thought to be possible here on earth. Now, no, I'm not. This is not my backdoor way of saying suddenly I'm, I'm a cessationist. No. But it did have ramifications on what I believed to be true about what Christians were able to do here on earth. So I say all that to say it can be seemingly innocuous and still have an impact on the way that we encounter God and the way that we deal with all of these things and the way that we live all of this stuff out. Now, let's flip the table here for a minute. If where that stale religious complacency hangs out is some layer of holding back against this group. This group is wrong. This is what's going to happen. And it does directly impact the way that we deal with people. Then you're talking about a cancer that spreads and a snare that destroys. 
It's kind of like putting a bear trap in the middle of a crowded populace. Somebody's going to step on that bear trap. And it is showing that these different points of view, these different approaches, they're really fundamentally hurting people. They are actually really doing damage. And unfortunately, we need to be able to step beyond that into a fuller understanding of how we are called to interact. Now, I say all of that fully understanding that there are ancient day Israel examples of this. There are modern day examples of this. Now, track with me here. A couple of points come to mind here. I am reminded of the Israelites leaving Egypt and the golden calf situation. I'm also reminded of the Pharisees and Sabbath when Jesus walked the earth. And how the gift from God had become a religious practice. Or the golden calf became God and all of those kinds of things. And, you know, I think that we have our own version of that with modern day issues. Let me use a couple of examples. I've heard the Bible verse about not forsaking the assembly used in a lot of different ways. Some good, some bad. And trust me, if there's any point in my walk with God that I have appreciated the idea of an assembly more, it's, it's, it's now. I really fundamentally appreciate it. I've never appreciated it more than right now. And that's coming from somebody that doesn't do the atypical church model. And so I'm not saying that we need to forsake the assembly, but when it becomes this rule that becomes a noose to hang people with, then we've we've missed the idea. We've we've overshot the idea. Just like following God and staying to his commands should not become this noose that we hang around people, this thing that we use to judge people on. And I'm finding that there is a very fine line between obeying God and using God's word to satisfy our own desires. Whatever those desires may be, regardless of whether or not they're they're God flavored or not. And so what do I what do we do with all of this, right? What do we do with we're talking about, you know, how we got this wrong and we got this. And I'm, I'm highlighting this to show the fact that there is something more that God is calling us into, that God's people are being wooed into. It's this relationship and intimacy in depth of reality that allows us to be able to get just a taste of what life outside of the shadows looks like. To use a Narnia reference, we are in the shadows 
of the actual full reality currently. And when we engage with the kingdom, when we engage with God, when we are living out of a place of abiding with Christ, then we get a taste of the richness of God. And when we talk about sacrifice, that sacrifice that is required of us looks different for every person. It's not just material. For some people, it is material. For some people, it is giving up bad habits. It's as simple as you you need to face that addiction. You need to face that bad habit. You need to understand that you are a steward of your goods, your body, your life, the things that have been given you, all of those kinds of things. For some people, it truly is a sacrifice that is material in nature, first and foremost. I would reckon to say that for most, that looks more internal than it does surface layer. What do I mean by that? We look at life through the lens of the hero's journey most of the time. I am finding that I low-key have set villains and heroes to so many different things where the there is no villain it's just a matter of people that i am called to love on things that i am required to do but i need to leave my precepts at the door and be able to step forward and say you know what this might require a layer of suffering but I need to do this and here's the thing right hurt people hurt people we are a hurt people we are people that have been damaged and that's not even to speak to the damage that we stepped into the last couple of years with and for my money the only way that we reconcile all of the suffering that is going on is to fully immerse ourselves in God. To fully step forward and say, you know what, God? Help me. Work with me. Work this out with me. I need you to work out what's going on in my heart, in my mind because it's not just a matter of we need to do better. We need to treat people better. We need to love people better. We need to do things better. But what we need to do, and again, mirror talk, we, I don't mean you all. I mean we. What we need to do is be able to step forward and say, you know what? This is uncomfortable. This is hard. But God, you are calling me somewhere. So I'm going to choose to obey. We always have the ability to choose to obey or to disobey. That is the double-sided coin of free choice. We still have free choice even though we are Christians. We can choose to ignore God as Christians and take up our sterile religious complacency. So when we understand that we still have that choice things kind of become a lot clearer when it comes to the world around us i can't seem to let go of recognizing the idea of 
suffering because I keep seeing both individually and corporately worldwide this manifestation of the very real symptoms of people that are suffering, people that are hurting. Thousands, and I mean thousands, of people have died because of the last several years, because of the things going on over the last several years. That means that there is so much rubble left behind that you don't get over that. And as somebody who has dealt with trauma, as somebody who has been through the ringer with therapy and different things like that, the reality is, is that I can see the telltale symptoms around. I can see the fact that there is there are hurting people that don't know what to do with that. And so they use that as ammunition. I'm going to say something that is a combination of duh and huh. Faith is a perturbing thing. The faith that we see in these biblical titans was a revolutionizing thing. It upset the whole life of the individual and made him into another person all together. It realigned all of life's actions and brought them into accord with the will of God. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. We can have the ritual. We can have, we're, we're following this rule. We're going to church on Sunday. We're, we're doing this. We're, we're, we're following all of the rules, God. But if we don't have love, if that's not expressing itself in love, if we're more worried about making sure that we are right then for caring for the people around us that are hurting, that are so damaged, and we can't see that damage because we're so focused on our own point of view, if we're so focused on ourselves that we can't bring ourselves to pray for our enemies then that means that we have gotten something terribly wrong. As I bring this thing in for a landing, I can't help but look at this situation like I am the madman rambling about the thing that God is showing me. Um, it's hard because on one hand, this can come across like, oh, it's just another impassioned rant and all of that kind of stuff but in all transparency this is something that my heart is burdened with I can't get over this because I understand how all too easy it is to sit behind the microphone to talk about God's will to talk about how 
wonderful God is and all of these kinds of things and to love these people and all of this kind of stuff, but an actual application when somebody cuts you off in traffic, when it's the family member that you don't like, when it's the person that you don't like, when it's the social media post that you disagree with and things like that, for the, all of that stuff to not turn into application. And for your own ideals to drum up in place of biblical ideals. And that is a hard pill to swallow for many people because that requires of the person to say, hey, maybe I got this wrong. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was looking at this the wrong way. And to be able to step forward and say, you know what? I would rather grow than be right. And as we do this, the more that we come to understand the character of God, the more that we come to understand the three and four dimensional nature of our relationship with God, that it's active and participatory and that we are called to know him more. We are called to understand him more. And that is the goal. That is what we push forward to come and work out. It's shedding all of the stuff and things. You know what? If you have opinions on things, fine. If you have political opinions on things, fine. That's not the point here. The point is, is that we hold everything with an open hand at the foot of the throne. And that we do the things that we are called to do because you know what, guys? If you are hurting, look around you. There's probably somebody else hurting. If you're not hurting, look around you. There's probably somebody hurting. There is a layer of suffering that is happening in this world that we need to be able to address and talk about and pray about. One of the worst traps that I have heard is this whole idea of, I'm sorry I can't do more, but at least I can pray. If you are praying, that is the best thing that you can be doing. That is what you know how to do. Yeah, sure, you can give money, you can help out financially, you can do all of that kind of stuff, but that money will get spent, that food will get eaten, those clothes will wear out, those material objects at some point in time will no longer have the same use that they once had. That is not the case with prayer. So if you have found this scandalous, <laughs> if you have found this whole thing offensive because it sounded like I was railing against a denomination or a people group or what have you, then um, I ask that you have grace. I ask that you pray. Um, I ask all of you guys to pray for me because these are all things that I am actively working out. I am being called into the deep. I am being called into a deeper relationship and understanding with God, but man alive, that requires a level of intimacy and inventory and all of that kind of stuff. Yes, the rewards are there, but going out into the deep is hard. And I say all of that as a calling point that 
this is not easy. What I'm talking about is not easy. And done beats perfect. Done is the thing that we are called into. Yes, there are biblical verses that talk about perfection, but God does not require us to be perfect. And if in the process of this, we get it wrong, that is okay. That is the preferable option rather than expecting this to be this super pretty well done sort of thing we're gonna mess up i'm messing up i've we all mess up but that's not the end of the story we can't just stop there because we messed up and the reality is is that when we engage with God at this deeper level, we come to understand his people in a different kind of way. When we live out this expression of love for people, regardless of situation or circumstance, regardless of whether or not they're a Republican or Democrat, regardless of what they believe about masks or vaccines or what have you, regardless of whether or not they agree with you on whatever point of view, you are still called to actually love them. Now, if you're like me, we come from a generation of Christian thinking that says, love the sinner, hate the sin. Now, unfortunately, more often than not, love the sinner, hate the sin has been taken and co-opted into some version of hating people and calling it loving people but hating the sin and holding back from people because they are a sinner until you realize we're all sinners every single one of us again to go back to the law every single one of us is at the mercy of god because of the fact that we are imperfect and there's a fine line between actually using it for hate speech and the world that we live in today thinking that truth spoken is hate speech. And so I say all of this to say I I, uh, I, I ask all of you to, if this has probed your way of thinking, if this has poked and prodded in places that are sensitive, then pray about it take it before the lord and you know the more that we allow for these things to be tested our own points of view to be tested the more that we give the opportunity to come in alignment with the will of god and finally like i said before there is zero condemnation in any of this guys there is zero malice meant in any of this this is just me expressing some of the things that god has been laying on my heart over this lenten season things that have major ramifications going forward and beyond easter and so as we approach the cross as we approach this time of remembering what happened at the cross now is a perfect time to stop and really consider 
the full breath of the expression of our faith in what happened at the cross, our faith in Jesus. So with that, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you for the fact that you are merciful, that you are patient, and that you are just. Father, I thank you that you are willing to stop and and continue to call along your people and go back and, and take your people by the hand and, and bring them back to walking with you. We are prone to wander. We are prone to walk away from God. So, so I ask that you help me to engage with you deeper, to continue to walk with you, to build up the muscles needed to explore into deeper, uncharted territory in the personal sense. God, I ask that your people have this awakening to understanding that you are active and you are participatory, to engage with your word, to engage with you at a deeper level. Father, I pray that the spirit flow through your people, that people's eyes be open, that my eyes be open to the world around us, that your people will not fall victim to the spiritual warfare going on around us. Father, I thank you that we can come forward to you in active conversation, that this is something that you encourage, that you enjoy. Father, I thank you. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.